It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. It is a very sunny, bright, windy day here in Los Angeles. And one of the things that <clears throat> I know really helps people when it comes to their relationship is how they wake up in the morning and how and what they feel grateful for. So um, I'm going to use this as a way to kick off the show and ask you very simply, how do you show appreciation and gratitude? Or do you? Because gratitude literally is something that can change. It's like one of the first steps for creating abundance of anything, be that emotion, be that love, be that sex. But gratitude is the thing that is literally like the expander. And when I speak with people and they're dealing with issues in relationships, one of the first things I ask them is this. What do you appreciate about your partner? What do you appreciate about people? And I was just, I think, I believe the gentleman's name is Simon Sinek, S-I-N-I-E-K, and, or Sinek. And he was talking about uh, millennials and how they are having such an issue with, you know, being in the workplace. And they're also having an issue with being in relationships because they're not being given the life skills. They just had badass parenting all around where the parents are like, you can have anything you want. You can, just because you want it, you will get it. Um, everyone gets a ribbon. No, no red marks on a paper. It'll make you feel bad. So they get out into the work world or into the relationship world, and they do not have the social skills to know how to interact. And one of the things that when we are first dealing with someone, is the only way you know someone is because of text or swipe right, well, you're not going to know what that person is like. Things like relationships that end up turning into, you know, sexually connected things are built over a period of time. And if the only thing people are going to do is swipe right, you know, have a quick hookup, and then it's over, that's not how you build relationships. What does help build relationships is creating 
the connection, and that's where your gratitude and appreciation come into play. But I have, um, I watched the Simon Sinek thing on, I, I think his had just been posted to Facebook. But I will tell you, one of the things that shocked me is how little preparation these millennials born after 1984 have had for life. You know, no, you know, one of the reasons some of them are getting A and some of them are getting into particular classes is because the teachers do not want to have to fight with the parents because the moment the kids get a bad grade, the parents come marching in and say, change the grade. And what is that teaching these kids? That mom can get them, you know, grades? No, well, you know, in the real world, mom can't get you that promotion. And mom can't get you that relationship. And mom won't get you that partner or that person. You have to do it yourself. The other thing that gratitude does, if you understand what DNA looks like, it's a double helix, meaning it's two strands of material and a helix, so it's slightly twisted. Well, when you are stressed, when you're upset like this, when you get out of bed in the morning, one of the best things you can do for your relationship and your health is to think of what you're grateful for that day. I mean, it could be that you, I'm grateful that I have an amazing bed, something that simple. Or I am grateful that I get to have amazing orange juice. But when you think like that, you literally have your DNA opens up more. And when it opens up more, if you understand from quantum physics, an atom has all these little electrons around it. But in all actuality, it's kind of just, there's really nothing there when they talk about quantum physics. So what you are doing is you're expanding your vibration. And the more that you expand your vibration with gratitude, with appreciation, the more space that you have in every part of your life, whether it's your sex life, your love life, you know, your business life, that is where things can then come into your world. And the less time you spend on a computer or on a, you know, giving yourself your own FaceTime with your phone, the more you're going to be able to expand your creativity and your gratitude. You can't be creative when your eyes are glued on whether or not there's going to be another text coming back. Oh, goody, the dopamine in my brain shoots off because someone got back to me with a text saying, you're amazing. You know, these are not real indicators of relationships. And when I speak with friends of mine who are teaching at university level, their comment is, these kids are spending their entire time texting, not listening to the lecture, and she knows that they will be texting to someone who's down the aisle from them, but they won't talk to the person when they walk out of the room. What's with that? And what we need, here's the thing, for those of us who grew up pre, you know, everything being about cell phones, pre everything being about the internet, we had to learn social skills. We had to learn manners. And we had to learn how to interact with people. If we were, you know, if we were attracted to someone, yeah, we went through that crazy, oh my God, I'm so nervous phase. There isn't that any longer. And 
those of us who have gone through this and have these skill sets, whether we like it or not, whether it's in relationships, whether it is in a business environment, we have to step up to the plate and help these kids. They don't know how. They, they say that they, um, they want to have something that has meaning in their life. Then when you ask them what has meaning, they say, well, I want to make a contribution. And then they want to quit after eight months. Well, that isn't contribution. And that isn't how you build any relationship. But I see, sadly, if we keep, the best case scenario is that they don't get into a relationship. But the other thing is, the best case scenario is things are just sort of okay for them. But that's not what life is like. People want to have a feeling of, hey, I made a difference in contribution. And they want that same joy in their relationship. But if they haven't had someone who told them, look, you've got to be aware of, um, well, I'll get into the thing about what happens when it comes to the medications and other things. But what we also are well aware of, there is a drop-off of the birth rate. And people are saying, oh, it's because, uh, you know, it's because they've gotten much better at getting uh, birth control for teens and the teens, you know, unplanned pregnancy numbers have been going down. No, you want to know why the teen pregnancy numbers are going down? Because these kids are sterile. And one of the reasons for it is the amount of medications they're taking, the food, the estrogen, mimetic mimicking hormones that they're around in their food in the rugs, in the clothing, the fire retardant stuff. And it's impacting everywhere. So it's, just, it's an impact on our entire social structure. So we've taken away their health. We've taken away their ability to feel. And then we've taken away what, you know, they're looking forward to, like have, uh, you know, a future or a family. That's being taken away as well. We've got a lot of work to do here. And when I ask my friends what they are doing for their own children, many times there isn't someone who is there to teach them. There isn't someone who has a relationship that they would want to emulate or mimic. And some people are lucky and have a grandparent who is around that can help these kids. But a lot of times, they don't. So when I ask people, you know, how do you show appreciation and gratitude? Do you show it by saying, hey, I'm really, hey, thanks so much for helping with that? Or do you do something nice for them? Do you make a point of you know, getting a little something, whether it's, you know, you happen to know that they really enjoy um, a certain soup, go and get it at the, you know, something that they enjoy eating, or a magazine or something that you saw online that you forward to them and say, hey, we're thinking of you, hope you'd like it. Most people have things that are important for them. And when you show appreciation and gratitude, you can do it in that way. I have a friend of mine who made the comment that, you know, if you do something nice for me, I really enjoy it. But if you do something nice for my kid, oh, man, I, you know, you got me. Because many times for people, those, that's the area where they have that unconditional love for their child 
and they want to be able to know that they, you know, that when someone else does it, it's like when someone is really kind to your pet, it's like, wow, that's awesome. Now, coming up to our first break here, we've been talking about how do you show appreciation and gratitude. And in the next segment, I'm going to talk about how do you show love and then how do you ask for sex. So we're coming up now to the tune. And please stay with me. We'll be back after these messages. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Health Day reported that research suggests that the type of carbohydrates you eat before a workout may influence how much fat you burn during your exercise session. Carbs that cause a sharp blood sugar rise are known as high glycemic index carbs, like white bread and cornflakes. While those that don't are called low glycemic index carbs, like yogurt and skim milk. High glycemic index carbs are known to spur a big spike in blood sugar. And the researchers believe that a meal rich in low glycemic index carbs, which elicit a lower blood sugar response, may boost the body's use of body fat for burning rather than for blood sugar. Those that ate a good breakfast with good carbs burned 50% more fat during a post-breakfast workout. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Um, before the break, I said I'm going to talk about how do you show love. Um, but I also want to insert this little goodie uh, about sex in the news. I'm kind of like to the point where I don't even... If I start to see one more thing where it's talking about 
another school teacher who has been hitting on students or another predator or, and, and I'm like, you know, here's the thing, you know, Anthony Weiner, he's saying he has an illness. Well, you know, it's out of control. There's no question, but this is his third kick at the can. I mean, come on, pal. He gets sentenced to 21 months and his wife never did his wife. Well, the woman who's divorcing him doesn't show up. She wants to say, you know, please don't do anything that's going to hurt their son. Well, I think that's all that. I think that that horse is out of the barn, I'm afraid to say. And, you know, I understand she doesn't want to have him in jail because then that means she has her son all the time. But, you know, the another woman, Wendy Williams, she's a you know talk show host in New York. Today, after a year-long investigation, you know, her husband's having an ongoing affair with a woman who's 32 for 10 years. Imagine how that must feel. Hmm? How special. And, you know, whether or not they have a, a, an open agreement, that I don't know. I'm not, you know, in their marriage. But it's like people behaving badly every time I turn around. So what I ask people is when you're wanting to see great love or see great sex, look for that that's positive. Don't be looking constantly for something that's negative. And sometimes it's tough because you come out of a relationship that wasn't bad. Well, that's the reason why you're not in it, because it wasn't bad. But the other thing is when you show love, it is literally, love is actually the opposite of fear. And when you are able to be loving, and particularly loving to yourself, you then become magnetic. And so when if showing love for yourself is working out or having the type of food that really makes your body feel good or it's getting your hair done a particular way, those little things make all the difference. And I've had husbands say to me, you know, I'm not getting, you know, enough loving or I'm not getting enough. And I said, well, what are you doing from your side to let her know that this is what you like, right, you know, from her or for him? And often they're kind of stunned. And they are like, well, I, and I said, no, no, what do you actually do? That's what I'm looking for. And the minute that someone starts telling me that, well, they're not doing this, and, and I'm like, that's not the thing that I'm asking about. I'm asking what, how do you show love? And sometimes they, it's almost like they think that it should just occur spontaneously. For anything that you're working on, whether it is a project, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your sex life, you have got to keep a focus for it. And you have to, and I'm trying to think of this woman's name, but she makes this comment, anything that you don't feed dies, right? So if you're not feeding your relationship with things that are going to support it, it's not going to last. Because when I, when I wrote my book, The Great Lover Playbook, I asked people who had been in long-term relationships, what are the behaviors that really make you what you would consider to be a great lover. And one of the biggest things that people said 
just almost across the board, do not take your relationship for granted. Do not assume it's going to be there. You have to let that person, that job, that animal, that plant, whatever it is, know that there's something about them that's the reason you want to be there. It's not complicated. But when you are taking something for granted, that is a very, very slippery slope. So to go back to how do you show love? Is it with a hug? And actually, people need to be touched more during the day than people realize. And it's one of the reasons why for some people, wanna, you know, when they say massage therapy, they're not joking because it is therapy. We need to be touched. And it's just something that we as humans require. So loving, you know, one way to show love could be to create a nice, you know, something that you make yourself for someone. Or it could be that, oh, I found this little thing and I thought it, you know, be perfect for you. When someone knows that you're thinking about them, that creates a connection between the two of you that you don't get just by sending funny texts. And when someone knows, and one of the other things when you can show love is when someone's sense of humor matches up with yours. That's a big one for a lot of women. <laughs> one woman said, if, he, if I don't find him funny, she said, I can't be with him. I said, okay, well, you find yourself funny. She goes, yeah. I said, okay. And, but it's that having that same common denominator that works for both of them. Now, let's say you've been out of a relationship for a while and you're getting into a new one. What's one of the first things I would suggest that you do for yourself? And it's like every day, do something loving for you. One little thing, whether it is I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take an Uber home, I'm going to do something, and you have to tell people, you just have to know you did a nice thing for yourself. And so my nice thing for myself for this weekend, <laughs> it is hardly romantic, but it was something that I really wanted to do, and that was to completely refresh all of my wardrobe with the heater that I use to keep, you know, keep them smelling nice and using the desiccant, is they've got these things called damp ribs that you can put into storage areas that absorb the moisture. And doing those things, that made me feel good. And when you feel good, you exude a completely different energy. And people pick up on that. Now, there are times where for some people, you know, they're just not a happy person. Well, that's not who you want to be around, right? If we're going back to quantum physics, you generate in your space what you are around. And if you have someone in your life that is not happy, either ask them to get happy <laughs> or move from that. One of the biggest things that will cause people to get sick is being unhappy. And because it just, it, remember I talked at the beginning of the show, you may remember this, 
when your DNA, when you are stressed, your DNA tightens up. It's like everything tightens up and there's no, you, you know, you, you get all tightened and stressed. And the big thing that will happen with that is your body is then not able to deal with the stress. Your adrenals will get shot and then you can't deal with inflammation or other things that will, your body is just trying to survive. Whereas when you have that, the unhappy person away from you, or the angry person away from you, your body can relax. We're not designed to stay stressed out 24-7, not at all. So when I speak with people and they're looking at where am I in a relationship, what's going on, I ask them how they're taking care of themselves. One of the most humanitarian things you can do for yourself is be kind to you. The other thing, stop reading general media. That is that could be a way to show love to yourself and to someone else. So because the majority of media is designed to make you freaked out. It just is. It is not designed to be nice. It is not designed to support. It is designed to freak you out. And what does that do? It makes you stressed. So the big thing, and, and fearful, and what did I say is the opposite of fear. It's love. So... Another thing that you can do for to show someone love is, you know, a chore or something that they normally do, you can do it for them, you know, this one time. Or, you know, say, hey, I'm just going to take care of this for you so you don't have to do it. And that, again, is that knowingness that you cannot get unless you have that eye-to-eye contact. Another way that you can show love to someone, ask them to play a game with you. And then you're going to find out what they're like. You're going to find out what, you know, do they cheat? (laughs) Do they follow the rules? Are they sore losers? And that is something, when I, you know, when I ask people, are you at the beginning of a relationship? They'll say, yeah. And I'll say, well, then, how much do you know about them? I said, well, you know, we've gone out for dinner. I said, okay, that's, that's nice. People know how to go for dinner. But I said, is there a game we can play together? And it also will show you how someone reacts to being given instructions or if they're a beginner or if they just don't want to, you know, go outside of their comfort zone. Because for some people, they're, they just don't want to be stressed. They're like, nope, nope, I'm not going there. Yet, you know, if someone, and I know a person who had a long-term relationship business-wise with someone, and then they were playing squash, and he saw how much this guy cheated when they were playing squash, and he was like, wow, that is the last time. So it gives you a real indicator of what someone is like. So showing yourself love is being able to read what someone is really like. We're coming up to our next break. I'll be right back. How do you ask for staff? Sex Talk. 
Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Having a tone-tight abdominal area, or better known as a six-pack, is highly desirable to many men and women. Unfortunately, you cannot spot reduce in that area of your body, or in any area for that matter. One exercise myth is that you can do a multitude of crunches to achieve that sculpted look for your abs. While doing crunches is a very good idea and an important element to any exercise routine, it will not give you a six-pack. The reason is that unless you lose weight and keep your body weight low, you will still have a layer of body fat on top of your muscles. Your ab muscles underneath that fat may be toned and sculpted, but the fat that's on top of them is preventing you from seeing that. Include fat-burning cardio exercise in your daily workout along with your crunches. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. And so in this segment, what we're going to talk about, or what I'm going to talk about, is how do you ask for sex? What cues do you give a partner? Uh, what clues? Some people are right, you know, right front and center. I want it tonight. Which, you know, for people who are busy parents and, you know, they know that they're only going to have X amount of time. I remember one woman saying, I told my husband that if he wasn't upstairs, um, because they had two young children, she said, if he wasn't upstairs by 10 o'clock, then forget it. Because she said, I'm just too tired. And she said, and she told him, and don't you dare come running up the steps with like three minutes to 10 o'clock. <laughs> because at that point, she's like, she's already... She's so exhausted from the day. She's already likely asleep. But for some people, they don't even, they've got a little cue that they use. They might have a pillow that they move somewhere. 
<clears throat> they might have, I remember being given this when I was a teenager, and I, uh, it's a little, it's a little creepy, but, you know, <laughs> okay. My friend's mom had lived in um, Saudi Arabia and in that area of the world because her husband was a pilot for one of the major um, oil companies for their private jets. And she gave me, it's a peacock, a brass peacock, which is a coal, K-O-H-L, coal liner for, you know, lining the eyes with the dark, dark um, uh, makeup. <clears throat> but it also has a tail that the peacock tail is either down, but if the peacock tail is up, then that's the signal for that the wife wants to have sex. So they don't really even talk about it. They just, you know, this is, this is the indicator. I was kind of like, I think I was, I was 21 when she gave it to me, but still I was kind of like, Ooh, um, you know, I did have a long-term boyfriend, but it, Anyway, my little bit of discomfort, but it did make for something that I would tell people, do you have a way to let your partner know? Many times people will think, oh dear, I don't want to go in and do a big hug because then they'll think that, you know, I want to have sex right now. Just touching someone should not be the only cue that you're interested in being intimate. Sometimes people just, it's not possible for them to have sex. So they want to have a different form of intimacy. It may be that they love having a head massage or a foot massage, something that translates as connection and intimacy. And everybody doesn't want the same thing. I, it makes me crazy when I see, you know, you're supposed to have sex this amount of time per week or month. And no, you're not. That's someone else's idea. And the other thing about how do you know if your partner's, you know, partner is, you know, fooling around is because they're no longer interested in sex, not necessarily the case at all. There are some people who are very highly sexed and they want to have sex on a more ongoing basis. And then there are those who don't have a very high libido. And it, it really depends on the person. But I know someone who he... I'm going to use this as an example. He was a hairdresser, but he would have sex with his wife every day, and then he would go to his salon and have sex with a couple of other people during the day. Now, a couple of issues at work here, but this was his thing was that, you know, he had all of these, he was a very good-looking hairdresser. He had all of these women who were interested in him, and you know, it was kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. These women were, you know, some were lonely, but they, you know, they knew that this was someone who would show them some affection. And that, you know, for some women, they want to have sex so that they can get, have snuggling afterwards. Again, I talked about this in the previous section, that segment. Being touched is so crucially important for us that we have to remember that, when you are, if you are not in a relationship or something, go and, I talked about this, go and have a massage. I was speaking to a woman uh, who, she was, I do a presentation once a year for severely injured soldiers. And they have a work fair where the soldiers can go in and they have a number of different companies and things that set things up. And this one woman said, 
Yeah, she was over in Iraq, and she said, I, I, I was talking about touching and things that, that people need, and she said, wow. She said, now I get it. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, I could not figure out why so many of these service guys were coming in ongoingly to have their hair shampooed, to have manicures. And she said, because in the military, there's no fraternizing and you cannot, you know, you're not supposed to, even if you are married and your you know, partner's there, you're not supposed to be, you know, um, engaging in PDAs and touching in front of other people. And you're not supposed to be being, you know, having sex with someone else. Well, not supposed to is one thing. And she said, so this is the only way they could get physical touch within the military environment. I said, yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I know one gentleman who he said he would go ongoingly to have his hair washed by this one woman who was incredibly buxom because he said he could always feel her breath on the back of his head when she was, you know, doing his hair. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's one way. <laughs> yeah. If you want, here's the other thing. When you ask for sex, what you're telling someone is, I, well, obviously, I like you. There's something about you that, you know, I turns me on. And yet it has to be done in a way that's for a win-win for both. Because when you are just, like when I look at, one of the reasons we have so many people who are not really well-adjusted in the social media sites when they say to someone, oh, I like you, send me a picture, oh, nice move, um, is that no one taught them. So again, we're going to go back to, you know, be aware of what is, what are your intentions on this? Because your intentions when you're asking for something are that it has to be of benefit for both. And I mean, I've been approached by people because of working, you know, because of being an expert in the area of sexuality. And they think that I'm, you know, going to be totally open to doing something with them, even though I've been in a, you know, long, long, long-term relationship. Uh, no, someone else might, but I don't. That's not, you know, that's not my style. So when someone's asking for something, they're often asking in the case with me because they're curious. They think, oh, God, you know, she must swing from the chandeliers. Whether I do or I don't is my business. And yet it's one of those things about what more could I learn from this person. Okay, well, you know, fair enough. But if you're asking me for something from me, then there has to be something in it for me, right? So think of that when you're approaching someone and how well do you know them? If you don't know them very well, obviously it could be just a simple one-off and, you know, that's it, done. And when, when you are asking a partner, it's, you know, it, whether it's, you know, the bird with the little tail feathers that you can leave up or moving the pillow and, or lighting a candle. <laughs> one woman who she said, if I had to see that lit candle one more time, I was going to scream because it was, she wanted another way that he could ask her. And yet this 
she never told him how, how much it bugged her. So I said to her, well, if this is bothering you, you got to let him know because he's thinking that he's being romantic by doing this. And she said, yeah, I guess so. But I said, you got to think outside and, and look at what are they looking for. We don't have, I tell people, stop practicing psychic sex, thinking that the other person should read your mind. If you are a mind reader, great, go for it. But if you aren't, you have to be able to pick up on clues and cues and things that a partner might say. Now, if someone is, and because I'm dealing more with this now as well, that there are many people who are not able to have sex either because of injury or because of painful intercourse. So do something else. Get a toy between the two of you. Um, learn how to use a toy with someone. Learn how to do different things with your hands. Connect differently. And it doesn't have to be sexual. It can be something else. Because for many people, sex is very life-affirming. And having someone who is around them is also life-affirming. So it doesn't have to only look one way ever. And, you know, it's like you don't want to have the same meal every day, right? Sexuality is an appetite. And even if it is your favorite meal, you don't want to have it every single day, right? You want to have a little switch up. You might want to save a little bit for tomorrow. But anytime you do something that takes care of an appetite, you're setting down another download for memory, for history between the two of you. And it's also why when I ask people, look, if you know what you really enjoy sexually, and if it's something that, you know, when you're masturbating or self-pleasuring, you need to be able to let your partner know. Because that often ends up being something that is much more private than having sex with someone. In the same way, oral sex can often be more over the top as a risk factor for many people. So we're coming up to our, coming down to our, pardon me, our um, final break. Any questions that you have, you can always contact me at lou at loupaget.com or office at loupaget.com. And here come the tunes, and I'll be right back after hot with more on U.S. success. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. 
Patricia's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Patricia expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. is National Ice Cream Month. As if we needed a reason to celebrate ice cream. Would you believe the average American eats 45.8 pints of ice cream a year? Here's the scoop on some ice cream lingo. In Pennsylvania, the paper cone used to hold ice cream is called a tut. Sprinkles or jimmies on top of ice cream are called ants in California and outsiders and logs in Vermont. The world record for ice cream eating is 1.75 gallons in 8 minutes. Oh, I feel a brain freeze coming on. What's another word for brain freeze? Sphenopalatine ganglia neuralgia. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, before the break, I said I'd come back and talk a little bit more about how do you ask for sex. And the first question I want people to ask themselves is, why do you want it? Is it that, okay, there's the feel-good factor, of course, but you also have to let your partner know that this is how you're feeling and that, um, you know, if it's like, hey, you know, you're incredibly, you know, great at doing blah, 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 or it's that, you know, I just love this connection that the two of us have. I've had fathers who have told me that, you know, they're both so exhausted by the time, you know, they get to the end of the day. And he said, but I realized after a while, you know, we really miss that incredible connection that, you know, that they feel that they have when they are sexual. And, you know, that when you're creating this connection with someone, you know, okay, how, how do you ask for sex? Okay, some people have a code word, some people will text. But the attitude about it and doing any event together creates what we know as a history for couples any relationship and we are so busy and so distracted with so many things going on in our lives it is difficult to create connection and if we go back to being role models for people on how to create connection one of the big things people need to do ongoingly is to make it a priority and if your relationship isn't a priority in your life that's okay, but it's going to suffer as a result. And if you've got places where, you know, you know that this is something, you know, you may not want to necessarily 
go to that movie, you know. But it's something that the other person likes to do. It doesn't mean you always have to do stuff someone else likes to do. If creating connections for your relationship is a priority, you plan something. And make sure that there's something that the two of you can do together. That is one of those things that when you pay attention to someone, that is your most seductive behavior. Believe me, more affairs get started and more things happen because someone paid attention in the way that somebody else didn't. And I remember someone saying you know, to myself um, and to my partner that he was very envious that we would go and golf in the morning because he said, that's one of those things that when you do it together, we'd go and play at this little par three. But it was something that we did together that was just the two of us. It was first thing in the morning. It was so nice just to do that. And But he said, I'm envious because he said, I'd like to have that in our relationship. And he said, we don't. He said, we don't spend a lot of time uh, together. And he said, it shows in our relationship. So that creating that connection is something that we all have to be aware of. You know, do they, do they need some files for their desk? You can go and get something like that. You paid attention. It was a priority. Do they need some little thing fixed? You paid attention. It was a priority. It's really simple. But it has to be something that comes from really from the, the heart part of you and not from the, uh, oh, I just, um, you know, I just want to have you know, this person do all these things for me. The minute someone starts feeling taken advantage of, there's a problem in your relationship. And when I've spoken to women and men, when they knew that their relationship was ending, I asked, what was the tipping point? When was it? And th- because this is when I was writing my book for the uh, Great Love of Playbook. Because it's about couples long-term and the things, their behaviors, their attitudes, their favorite sexual positions, all the things that they did that kept them connected. And one of the biggest things that they talked about is when they knew a relationship was ending, it was usually because of one conversation or one event. And one man said, I knew I was divorcing my wife when she didn't kiss me after we'd had sex. I was like, really? He said, yep. He said she was just there. He said she wasn't at all into when I was making love to her. And he said, that was the moment that I knew. Another man said he was in the bathtub and his wife was sitting beside him and he was going through a lot of stuff in his life. Uh, he had been very successful as a, as a performer, and he made some comment about, you know, that this has been really tough. And she says, oh, well, you'll get over it. It'll be fine soon. At that moment, he knew she wasn't even paying attention to anything that was happening with him. And I remember asking him, I said, at what point did you know? Because I know exactly the conversation. I was like, really? And Then what also will happen is when people know that that connection has been pulled apart, often they will stay in a relationship because there are children 
but they know that the moment that there is that bat mitzvah or they're off at college, bam, it's done. They are finished. I just had that conversation with a friend of mine who he said, as soon as the youngest daughter is married, he said, I'm out of here, and that was July. And it had been something that had been 20 years that he'd been waiting to do it. But he also knew that, you know, this was, you know, something that he had, he'd just been counting the time. But I asked him, I said, okay, what training did you give your kids about choosing relationships? Because your kids were aware that this is what was going on. And his comment was, I could not leave them alone with her. He said, I, I needed to make sure that I was there. Now, that's, you know, those are the things that people will do because of love for children. But let's go back to how about for yourself? And how are you asking for someone to pay attention to you? Because for many people, when they ask for sex, that is someone saying, I want you to pay attention to me. And you can do something as simple as, I want you to pay attention to me by calling when you come home and asking me what, so, you know, what, um, uh, what, what can I get from the grocery store? Uh, can you get me a bottle of wine? Can you do something that is simple? And many times we don't even know what we want necessarily as attention. But if you sit down, and if I were to sit here and say, how do I like to have attention given to me? I can do um, a couple of little bullet points that are my favorite ways that someone can pay attention. Does it mean it could be something as simple as you know that they like a particular show, so you make sure that, you know, you record it so that when they get home, it's there for them. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to try and search through something to get it. It's not necessarily on Netflix, so you can just get it there. Boom. Something that's simple. And because the real thing that most people want is we want love and we want to be loved. And that's why when I tell people, how do you show love? How do you ask for sex? Be love and sex in a positive way from someone who is around you. We love that, you know, when someone is kind to someone else in a store or in a moment of crisis. And it's not complicated, but many times people forget that when you do that kind thing to someone, anyone else who witnesses it, not only do you feel good that you've done something nice to someone, but the person that you did it to feels nice, and the people who observe you also feel good. So that do nice thing is it's exponential. It isn't just one person that you're impacting. It's everybody around you. And knowing that you can do that, I mean, it's like when you see someone who helps someone who is homeless, why do you think those things go viral so quickly? Because they make people feel good. And for most people, they want to know in their life that they connect and that they have a purpose and that they've done something. And 
there's a reason for them. If we don't feel like we matter, I mean, people end up becoming sad or depressed. And that's not a place to be for people. They want to know that they matter. I don't care whether you're black, pink, green, blue, or white. People want to feel that they matter. Not a political statement here for me. Forget it. Not happening. But we're coming down for our final two minutes here, or probably 90 seconds. And today, you know, how do you show appreciation and gratitude? And start with showing gratitude for yourself. It could be something as crazy as, I'm going to wear that amazing pearl necklace that I got from my grandmother. And wear it with jeans. Or wear it with something that, you know, do something that creates that feeling for yourself. Because the more gratitude you have, the more stuff and abundance that flows in for you. How do you show love? Love is the opposite of fear. How do you show love to someone? How do you ask for sex? How do you have the feeling of feeling connected to people? Because when you are clear on that, you are able to ask for it. You are able to have someone feel, oh, wow, I can do that for you. That's powerful. So, again, you have the ability to create everything in your life. Your thoughts are things, your behavior follows your thoughts, and the more expansive your thoughts are, the more your DNA opens up, the healthier you're going to be, and the better you're going to be able to bring things into your life from a quantum physics standpoint. Thank you for being with me today. Again, you can email me at office at Lou Padgett, and I trust you have a great week. Here are the tunes. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 